And I, I can't help feeling that, that, that this thing happens so suddenly and in such an extraordinary way that maybe, maybe this is the, the missing link, that we're looking, at, we're looking at the fingerprints of a lost civilization, the survivors of a lost civilization who settle there with all these skills already in place and introduce them into the local culture because this period 12,000 years ago plus is the period when the Earth went through gigantic cataclysmic events because it was struck by a comet. Yeah, and that's the uh, that's the other piece of the puzzle, the nuclear glass that they found. How do you say this stuff? Trinitite? Trinitite. 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 And that they, they have found this stuff all over Europe and all, all over, over the world. Asia, all over the world at that precise yeah, moment, 12,000 years yeah, ago. Yeah. And a layer of platinum in the, in the Greenland ice cores, all of this says Earth was hit by a... By a comet at that at that time. Is that and, the Holocene? Well, that's the beginning. Of, this the end of the. It's the beginning of the Holocene. The Holocene is our period. It's the period we we still live in now. But it's the, in in archaeological terms, it's the juncture between the Upper Paleolithic and the Neolithic. That's that's what we're that's what we're talking about here. Um, and you have this episode that geologists call the Younger Dryas, which is an episode of uh, of sudden. A deep freeze strikes the Earth. The Earth has been emerging from the Ice Age until 12,980 years ago. And amazingly, you can date it that precisely. Give or take five years, this happened 12,980 years ago. And then suddenly the Earth flips into this thousand-year deep freeze that nobody's ever been to ex able to explain before that they called the Younger Dryas. And now we can say for sure that the Younger Dryas was caused by huge amounts of dust being projected into the upper atmosphere of the Earth by this comet impact, and that that dust enshrouded the whole Earth and set in motion a kind of what we would call a nuclear winter today, where, where the sun's rays could no longer reach the Earth and the Earth went back into a, a deep freeze. And for me, this is the smoking gun that lost us a whole civilization. And I was just, uh, yesterday, I was, I, I was, uh, I've come here from North Carolina and I sat down with um, Randall Carlson, who yes, has been... Yes, I met him. You met Randall. Yeah, He's a very, very guy. fascinating man. Yeah. And he's been working away quietly on this subject for years and years and years, long before the evidence was in for a comet, he was predicting that this is what caused it, that there was a comet impact. And he's got this very, very fascinating theory, and he's going to take me next year on a, on a field trip uh, into the Pacific Northwest and into Canada uh, to, look at, to look at areas where there were these massive outflows of floods from the ice cap. And what Randall is suggesting is that, that at least some large fragments of the comet that hit the Earth 12,980 years ago actually hit the ice cap. They, they landed on the ice cap, which was still then a mile deep, and they pulverized it. They turned it into water immediately, and that's why you have these gigantic outburst floods which carry down huge boulders and strew them all over the, all over the landscape. It's a very, very exciting theory, and it's, and it's great to see Randall's work being, being vindicated because he's been ignored for far too long, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a fascinating field trip with him next, next year. Yeah, I met him in Georgia many years mm -hmm. ago mm -hmm. at uh, the Punchline Comedy Club. Had a long and really interesting yeah. conversation about him. With him, rather, about the Holocene comet. Yes. And well, that's the, exactly what yeah. he's talking about. You see, yeah. he's he's one of these guys who is just so far ahead of his time that nobody saw it. Nobody yeah. nobody realized what he was onto. Now everybody understands that the Earth was hit by a comet, and there's been a big scientific argument about this over the last five or six years. But it's really settled now. The evidence that the, the, all over the world is is clear that this happened. But Randall was onto this years before anybody else. And what he's done, what he's also doing, is just taking it taking it that bit further, because we have these mysterious 
floods that occurred in precisely that period, which have traditionally been called outburst floods. The idea was that um, the the ice caps gradually melting down filled up these huge glacial lakes and that eventually the ice dam enclosing the glacial lake would break. But now it looks like we're looking at ice dams a thousand feet high in order to account for the massive flow of water. And what Randall's suggesting is that that theory is actually wrong. It wasn't the outburst floods from glacial lakes. It was the comet hitting the ice cap that turned all that ice to water and produced a gigantic, gigantic outflows, carrying down boulders, you know, the size of houses and dumping them over the landscapes. Wow. And, and then you have to consider anything that lay in the way of those floods, anything that lay in the path of floods on that scale is gone, gone completely, wiped out from human memory. And you also have to consider the fact that we absolutely know that these events have taken place in a much greater scale over the course of the Earth. Yeah. There's been mass extinction events. So this, this is not preposterous. This it's is not preposterous. Logical. It's, it's, it's completely logical. And it's time that historians and archaeologists abandoned the model that everything just proceeds smoothly and gently in the way that we've seen it doing for the last few hundred years, which is called uniformitarianism, and, and embraced the thought that, that cataclysmic events are a key part of the history of the Earth. And, and we should know this already. There's massive amount of evidence for it. it doesn't, it's not something we even need to argue about, but history proceeds on the basis that there is no such thing as a cataclysm. Yeah. In fact, it's cataclysms that have written the story of human history. Well, not only that, when you stop and look at all all the ancient stories, the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Bible, the Flood of the Ark. Exactly. There's so many stories that involve cataclysmic They're events. all about <clears throat> floods and cataclysms. The idea and, that and those they, are just fiction is kind of silly. It's totally, totally crazy. And they all say that this is... Uh, that there was a, a golden age, that there was a former, that there was a former civilization, that, that mankind had, had, had attained to a very high level... And then we angered the gods. It's often put that way. We, uh, we angered the gods. We fell out of harmony with the universe. There was um, something went wrong. There was some kind of moral. Yes, please. I would love some of that. This, this is filled. Okay. That one. There was some kind of moral decline. Like now. Like now. Like now. <laughs> this is what I, what I, uh, I often say, that if, if I were to look at our civilization in, myth in mythical terms, there's never been a civilization that looked more like the next lost civilization than ours. I don't mm. want to spread gloom and doom. I don't believe in spreading gloom and doom. I think we should think positive. And I've said earlier, and I, and I maintain this, I'm very optimistic about the future of the human race. But let's not pretend that it's all roses in the garden. There's a, the terrible things are happening in the world today. We're having unbelievable arrogance, uh, un unbelievable pride, cruelty, uh, the, uh, an economic model that, that makes millions, I mean, countless millions incredibly poor and allows tiny, tiny numbers to be incredibly, obscenely rich. Um, and, and, and the whole system is skewed in the interests of that tiny, tiny fraction of 1% of the wealthy. And unfortunately, it's really as, as bad as it's possible to get in America. Um, it's, it's bad in many other countries too, but it's really bad in America, the skewing of, the skewing of wealth. And, and and the brainwashing of the population to keep people quiet, to stop people thinking the mind control that operates in our society. It's like a pressure cooker. Something's, something's got to give. And, and, and ours is a culture which is literally destroying the earth. I, 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 the Amazon jungle, this amazing sacred realm, this incredible home of biodiversity, this, this beautiful, beautiful place, uh, the destruction that's taking place now, only a society 
that is truly insane could allow that to happen. And that's, unfortunately, our society today. So we need to wake up. And you want to talk about the writing on the wall as far as a, a, a powerful, advanced civilization being completely wiped off the earth. How about our writing is all going to the cloud? We have this this crazy trend mm. where everything is going into these databases and hard drives. And mm. when those are destroyed, there will be nothing to hold on to, nothing to read. All of our knowledge will mm. be memory. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's almost ensuring that there will be nothing remaining. Total wipeout. Yeah. So, so this idea... This idea that I've that I've talked about many times over the years that we are a species with amnesia. Yes. We, we are going to be a species with amnesia. And, and also again, and and our culture has not has not at all looked at the at oral traditions. We've destroyed the oral tradition. You know, we've put everything into the written form. Now beamed it up into the cloud, and uh, one one disaster, it's all gone. And at least in a written form, you have books. Yeah. I mean, we don't even have books anymore. No. We we have uh, we uh, have electrons. auto updates. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so crazy to think that all it takes is one asteroidal impact that yeah. wipes out the grid, and all that stuff's gone. All that stuff's gone. You can't yeah. access it anymore. You have to rebuild the entire power grid. Mm. And if the future, I mean, if we lose one or two generations, if we had a Holocene type incident again, or a big comet hit and wiped out fifty percent of the population, and we had to sort of refigure out databases and refigure out hard drives, hmm. we're not going to. We're going to gather food, and we're going to figure out agriculture. We're going to figure out some real primitive ways to live life. Yeah. But most of that stuff, with three, four generations later, is gone. It's gone. Complete, gone. Completely, completely gone. And and and, um, I mean, we have these gigantic populations now based in cities where where um, actually the food supply is incredibly fragile it's it's like two or three days of food is available in any city at any time um, consider the implications of that if that supply chain breaks down and we it's very clear we're on record now look what's just happened in the Philippines look at Hur Hurricane Katrina we cannot deal with natural disasters yeah we that can't. was a big one too man that was a really really scary one the, that, that, the Philippines superstorm, yeah. a storm the size of Germany, you know, unbelievable. Thousands, ten thousand more, more, more people killed, and and very slow reactions to do to do anything about it. We are very bad, the human race. We got all this tech, we got all this wealth, we got all this complacency. But actually, when when the universe strikes us, we are unable to do anything about it. And, and that was true in the most wealthy country in the world, in America, as we saw with Hurricane Katrina. And this is three times bigger than three Katrina. Three times bigger than Katrina. They, they showed some a city that was 200,000 people, and there's not a single structure left standing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yes. Yeah. Just, yeah. And that, by the way, there have been bigger ones. There have yeah. been bigger storms throughout history than that. Yeah. There's been bigger impacts than the Holocene one. Mm -hmm. And... The other thing about the universe is that our orbit, like where we are, is stable, and we have the moon, which helps our orbit be, mm. be stable. But there's hundreds of thousands of near-Earth objects that are just floating around out there Absolutely. that could easily come down, collide into each other, slam into Earth, Absolutely. and that's a wrap. Absolutely. This, this again, is something, is something that needs to be taken very, very seriously. I, again, I want to say, let's emphasize the positive and let's emphasize positive thinking but let's also be rational and reasonable and when you look at the orbits of near-earth asteroids called Apollo objects uh, it's like looking at a cat's cradle uh, of harm 
that is surrounding this precious jewel of a, of, of a, of a planet. And we don't even know them all. We, we know a tiny fraction of them. What becomes cl clear is we only know a little bit of these things, some of them 10 miles wide, which are winging through uh, uh, you know, outer space and, and can hit us at any time. And then comets, then comets. Some, t some, some comets can have 12,000-year orbits. The suggestion that we're seeing a lot of increased m meteor activity as well uh, right now, a lot, of, a lot of action going on. And uh, the suggestion, and again, Randall Carson's work has been really important in this area, is the torrid, the, the, the torrid um, uh, asteroid, uh, uh, comet, the, the, the torrid shower is a remains of a disintegrated comet. And in that shower, there may be huge things the size of cities, which are, which are flowing through and crossing the orbit of the Earth regularly. It's not just pretty, pretty little lights in the sky. Uh, one, day, one day we're going to run into something, something the size of New York, you know, which is going to going to hit us so th so this is this is a, a matter for for care and concern and and again look what we do you know we spend we we spend i mean billions trillions limitless endless amounts of money in inventing new ways to destroy each other and very little on actually looking on how to how to protect the earth how, how could they protect the earth though from something like that well if we don't look into it we certainly won't have an answer to that question do, do, some of them don't they come from behind the sun and yes. we can't see them because of the gravity them. you can't see them come you can't see them come but oh. but but if the kind of if the kind of focused scientific effort that we're presently that is presently put into creating weapons of mass destruction so that we can all fight each other if that kind of effort were put into making sure that we understand the orbit of every single asteroid that's out there we identify them and find them well, we'd be a lot safer than we are today. There's uh, no profit in that, Graham Hancock. I don't know what danger. you want our corporate <laughs> stockholders to do. <laughs> that's ridiculous, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost, it almost mimics the cyclical nature of life itself. It seems like civilization builds up to this incredible point where mm. it's like uh, completely out of control and uh, just reckless and wild, and then boom, gets yeah. knocked down and then builds back up again, and boom. Mm -hmm. And it's almost. I'm not suggesting that these things floating around in space are there for a reason, but if they were, I mean, mm. they would be like little reset buttons. Yeah, little reset buttons. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that's what happened with the dinosaurs. We got, it and got that's, to a why the, that's why the ancient mythology, which consistently says, right or wrong, consistently says that mankind is implicated in these cataclysms. Our behavior, our um, wickedness is implicated in this in some way. I think it's worth listening to that a little bit, and 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 you know maybe, maybe this 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 time we don't have to go through the reset. Maybe maybe it's possible for mankind to actually wake up now that we are globally connected. Now that we do have this possibility of all talking to one another, that before it's too late, we can reset ourselves in a positive direction. I feel like the only way we would is if we knew something was coming. Yeah. I think that's almost the only way. And mm. we would have to be informed, and then we would have to believe it. And then mm. there would be disputes, and I'm sure the Republicans would start, laughs, mm. nonsense, we'll show you right here. The same scientists that brought you climate change are telling you right now Sadly. there's an asteroid heading your way. Sadly, they would, they would, they would say that. Jesus yeah. is going to protect us. What mm. we need to do is cut taxes for corporations and <laughs> ensure that we can move to Mexico with our factories. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder if we would really 
really pay attention if we knew that we had a year left, if we had a year to go. And Think of that. Think of that. What a difference. What a, what, a, what a situation that would be. Think of that. We barely pay attention to what we're doing that's really obvious, yeah. like the polluting of the ocean or the, the destroying of mm. the, 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 the pulling s- the, the fish out of the ocean in an alarming rate, rate that doesn't allow them to Insane. recover. Insane. All of it about the pursuit of short-term profits. Yeah. All of it about Im- Im- immediate payoffs. Nobody, nobody thinking long-term. Again, I, I come back to this. We, we are a deranged society, and, and uh, little nodes of sanity are beginning to wake up all around the world, but maybe it's not, not in enough time. And isn't that, doesn't it also go back to what you were saying about psychedelics and how beneficial psychedelics can be? Because one of the main themes of ayahuasca is save the planet. It's save the planet. It's a universal theme of ayahuasca. Sooner or later, anybody who works with ayahuasca enough is going to start picking up that message that this beautiful earth that we have, this gift that the universe has given us is precious beyond measure, precious beyond imagination, and that we are part of it and that we must we must treat it with love and respect and reverence rather than in the, in the horrific way that we do. And that part of treating the planet with love and respect and reverence is treating fellow human beings with love and respect and reverence at every, at every level. This is a very strong message of ayahuasca. It is a message. It is fundamentally a message of love, not in a wishy-washy way, but in a really firm and clear way. But that is the salvation of the human race. There's Bill a, Hicks said it, you know, the, love is the opposite of fear. Fear, yes. fear is, what, is what presses our buttons today. Mm-hmm. It's what's used deliberately to press our buttons. And, and what's the opposite of that is, is love. That's what we need. Yeah, and, and Bill Hicks did a lot of mushrooms, folks. And Bill Hicks did a lot of <laughs> mushrooms. And what a brilliant, brilliant man he was. Oh, yeah, he's one of my comedy heroes.